Lord, help me walk another mile, just one more mile. I'm tired of walking all alone. And Lord, help me smile another smile, just
God is all. 
lot and my health has not been the best this week. I've been calling out to Jesus yesterday. I was hurting. And you know God is always so faithful. He's there. And his word tells me if I ask anything in his name, he will do it. And I praise him because I love him. And I know that he's my God. And he is able, no matter what we face. There's so many people going through so much right now. But you know what? We have a God that's bigger than all these problems. Aren't you glad that you can look up and say, Jesus, help me. And our Father, he is my Father. And oh, I love him. I love him. And I'm so glad when I cry out to him that I know he's there. And he's there for you. And I'm glad that one of these days this is all going to pass. All the burdens, all the problems, everything that we go through, and won't it be worth it? Hallelujah! I love him. I love him this morning. Praise God. How you may not be running from all Pharaoh and all his men, but I can tell you, oh, Satan's still fighting.
grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy, worthy, worthy
before thee the demons run and flee oh at the mention of your name king of majesty there is no power in hell
greater than his presence. Nothing's better than letting God have his way. Sometimes when you're in the midst of this, you say, Lord, help me. I don't want to step in the way. But yet I look out and I realize there's something God's wanted me to say today. So I have to say it. And sometimes it's pleasant. Sometimes it's not so pleasant. And uh, I've been wrestling with this. You know, the last couple of weeks, I've had people standing in here in my place. So I've been sitting on it for two or three weeks. I'll put it that way. But don't make me nobody, but I'm just telling you what God had put on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And I want to mention it today, even if I can't read all the scriptures. I want to be able to bring it out. Today, I want you to turn, if you got your Bible, to Samuel. And there's a person in the Bible that has been talked about in one way. Seemingly, God never spoke of any other person in the Bible the way he spoke of this man. And when I say that, I want you to hear something that I believe God spoke to me as I was reading the same story that I've read a hundred times. But I can tell you something. King David, listen to what I'm telling you now. God said, this is a man. I sought a man after my own heart. And then God told Samuel where to go to find him. Now, I mean, knows that's true. Did you know nowhere else in the Bible did God say, I I have found the man, there's a man after my own heart, like he said about David. And I, I was, got that on my mind, and I couldn't get that off my mind. I thought, what is it about David that you want to be like, that I want to be like? Because if there's anything, I want God to say, he's after my heart. Amen. 
He wants to serve me. He wants to love me. He wants to worship me. He counts me and me only as his God. I mean, here's what I'm saying. I want you to get a hold of this because I know the first thing you're going to think of. And listen to what I'm telling you. It says in 1 Samuel 13, one verse, you don't have to go there. It says when he talked about removing King Saul, he said the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. That's 1 Samuel 13, 14. And then in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, he sent Samuel to Jesse and he went through his sons and he first brought the oldest son. And when he brought the oldest son, the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his counsel, on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I refused him. Talking about the first son of Jesse. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Now I want you to get that in your mind because something's going on in the hearts of people today. Something's going on in the hearts of Christians today. And it ain't God. I'm sorry, but it's not let me worship God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know what? God's going to have a hard time finding somebody seeking the heart of God. Somebody that's after the heart of God. And I will include myself. Can I tell you something? This world gets on you and it gets around you. And all of a sudden, it begins to lure you into things that you think you'd never do or things that you think, that isn't what I would, if I saw another Christian doing that, I'd be critical. We excuse ourselves. I'm not digging at nobody. I want you to hear something. God's looking upon your heart. Every one of us, no exclusions. God's after your heart. And then it says on down at verse 12 of that first Samuel, he sent after, uh, after seven of the sons went through of Jesse. And Samuel said, it's none of these. Listen, it says in verse 12, and he sent and brought him, talking about David out in the, out in the field taking care of the sheep. The youngest of Jesse's boys was out in there taking care of the sheep, just a boy. But it says he brought him in and now he was ruddy with a beautiful countenance and a goodly to look on, to look to. And the Lord said to Samuel, Arise, anoint him, for it, for this is he. How many knows God picked him? Wasn't Samuel picked him? God said to Samuel, That's him. That's him right there. Ain't you glad Samuel wasn't in charge? See, Samuel just took over with the first one. He looks like the part. Well, let's put him in the part. But God's looking upon the heart, and he sought a man, and he sent the prophet Samuel to Jesse's family, and he picked the youngest boy. That's all a beautiful story in it. Now turn to 2 Samuel 12. 2 Samuel 12, and you've got to remember this. You got to remember this, Christian, today. I want you to hear this, what I'm telling you. Because, see, something's wrong in the church world. Something's wrong with the heart of the church world. What is it? Oh, everybody sins. It's okay. 
Don't matter what you do, God covered it. Don't worry about it, Jesus paid for it. So you live as a sinner, but yet you claim Christ. How many knows that's going on? I'm sorry, but I got to tell you the truth. God's after your heart, and you, to be after his heart, got to understand the words of God. There are people here today, listen to what I'm telling you, you got secret places in your, there's a place in my heart, Duran, where even I don't go. There's some things hidden there, and I don't want nobody to know. How many's heard the song? Listen to what I'm telling you, because this is real today. This is a real thing that God is trying to tell his church today. It's from the heart that he's trying to get a hold of you. 1 Samuel 12, or 2 Samuel 12, it's all the way through 1 through 14. But it's talking about the great sin of, against God, the great sin of David against God. The man after God's own heart is sinning against God. Listen to what I'm telling you. How many knows David failed? David was guilty. Why would God say he's a man after my own heart? Did you not know God knew the future just like he knows the past? Don't you know that God knew you? He knows you. He knows what you'll do. He knows where your obedience lies and where your rebellion lies. He knows when you got your feelings hurt a long time ago, somebody done you wrong. Somebody stepped on your little feelings. And you know what you've been blaming? You've been holding that in that little closet, and you've been holding it for a long time, and even God can't touch you because you put a wall up. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Verse 1 says, the Lord sent Nathan unto David. He came to him, and he said unto him, There were two men in the city, one rich and the other poor. Then he goes on to tell him about the rich man had all kinds of sheep, all kinds of lamb. But here this one poor man had one little lamb that he had cherished all of his life. King David is a king. You know what a king will do when you start telling him an injustice is done? He'll rise up inside. He's ready to throw darts at somebody. He's ready to pass judgment on somebody. Listen to what he says. But the poor man had nothing. Okay, I'm going to go on past it. And it says down at verse 4, There came a traveling rich man that he spared, and he spared to take of his own flock and his own herd to dress it for the wayfaring man that was come to him, but took the poor man's one lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to visit. Somebody came to visit, the rich man. The rich man says, okay, I need to fix this visitor, this traveler, a meal. I'm not going to go get my sheep, though I got many. I'm going to go get that one man's ewe lamb. That one that he has, that one that he's cherished all his life. And he takes it and he kills it and he offers it. Listen to what Nathan says to him in verse 7 or verse 5. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man that had done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he has done this thing and because he has no pity. And Nathan said to David, listen to me, thou art that man, David. I mean, here's what I'm saying. 
Nathan, the prophet of God, was sent by God to the servant of God, the one that God says is a man after my own heart and says, thou art the man that's guilty of that. And how many knows for what King David did, taking Uriah, Uriah's wife, getting her pregnant, he, he had committed what? He had broke six, seven, eight, nine, and ten of the commandments. Look them up. He, he broke the sixth, Bobby, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, and the tenth of the ten commandments. The man after God's own heart broke them. Now, I'm saying this for a purpose because I want you to hear what I'm saying. He says, it goes on to say, Nathan said to David, Thou art the man, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house, master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And if thou, if that, if, and if that had been too little, I would have more have given unto thee such and such a things. Wherefore, or why hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword and hath taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with a sword and the children, uh, with the children of Ammon. Look at verse 10. Now therefore the sword shall never depart. Listen to God's judgment upon David. The sword will never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise evil against thee out of thine own house. Listen to what I'm telling you. Why did he tell him that? I thought God forgives and forgets. I thought, God, if, you, if I come and repent, God will forgive and forget. How many knows God says you cannot mock God? You're going to reap what you sow. Paul said that all in Galatians 6, 7. You're going to keep on doing the things that you know that God is against and you think God's just going to forgive you, stick it under the rug, and it don't matter. You're stepping upon the very grace of God. We're stepping upon the blood of Christ. I mean, he knows what I'm saying. We're walking upon the gospel. Nobody ever guilty of that? I'm going to tell you something. God knows who we are. God sees right in the depths of your heart. And it is those things that we hide in the closet that we never, ever admit it to God. We never, ever come to God with. Oh, no, I got my excuses. Every time I hear that person's name, I hate them. Every time I hear the, the things that they have, I'm jealous of what they do. They don't deserve God's blessing. How many knows God needs us to get over stuff? How many knows God needs us to get around, the, let the enemy destroy you? You claim you know Christ, you come with your heart broke, but then you turn around and you keep that harbor down in that bitterness, down inside, and it's destroying you. And the enemy always comes back in. And he reminds you, uh, what about the closet that you never opened?
He says, for thou did it in secret, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. Now here's the answer to the problem. Listen to me, Christian. Here's the answer to the problem. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. He didn't debate with him, Cole. He didn't say, wait a minute, it was her fault. She shouldn't have been out there bathing. It was Hittite's fault. He should have went back. Uriah should have went back to his wife. I could have hid the whole thing. No. But see, David didn't make no excuses. Now, I want to tell you something. You may not like what I'm going to say, but it's a fact. Or I see something that God showed me that I know David. Why was David the man after God's own? Not because he was a good shepherd. That ain't why God said that of him. You know, David, uh, he could have said that about Abraham. He could have said that about Moses. He could have said that about somebody else. But no, he said it about David. I want you to hear why. Why? It's not because he stood against Goliath with great faith. You know, it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith. But that ain't why he called him a man after God's own heart. It says not because he walked perfect with no sin. Well, that's obvious. And it's not because he wrote beautiful psalms. Isn't it great God gives you, David, beautiful psalms to write? Praise God, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. You read his psalms. Just go through and find the Psalms David wrote, and I promise you it will impress your heart. But I will tell you something, that ain't why God calls him a man after my own heart. You may think it, it may have a part of it. I don't know. But it says, not because he was a great warrior. Let me tell you why. Because David made no excuses when he's guilty. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God knew that David would fail him. He knows you'll fail him. But the answer is not what the devil's putting a white sheet over the church saying just hide your sin back in the corner. If you want to be bitter and hate somebody all your life, go ahead and do it. That's a lie from, from below and that ain't from above. God says we need to acknowledge Nikki said it when she was standing up here. I want to acknowledge something. Well, I'm going to acknowledge something today. We need to confess our sin before him. Quit making excuses. Quit telling your uh, story about it. You know how many people, Saul made excuses? People all through the Bible made excuses before God. But David never. What David did was when he was confronted with his sin, he looked at Nathan, he said, I have sinned. I have sinned against the Lord. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You don't want, you want to know how to get the heart of God? See, God already knew he's going to fail him. But he's looking for people to repent, and they don't want to repent no more. Oh, I repented a long time ago when I was a kid. I even signed my name on a paper saying I got saved at this date. But can I tell you something, other? You're going to live your life repentant. You're going to be repenting the rest of your life. You have to acknowledge I didn't do the right thing. Quit letting somebody else take the blame for something you were a part of. See, if we don't confess our sin. If we don't bring it up, we ain't going to contact God. God don't look on us that's hiding sin. 
You're shutting God out. Is this too hard? It's not too hard. It's simple. He, can, he made it for even a little child knows. I got to say I'm sorry. Mommy knows I was guilty. Daddy knows I was guilty. So I tell him I'm sorry. And Mommy and Daddy will put their arms out and hold me and say, it's okay. Just don't do it no more. God is waiting on his church to come to repentance. Get the harboring of away from you of harboring past problems. The enemy's using it to pull the church back. We have no freedom to serve when we're like that. Because David was honest with God, he confessed right off the bat. Later on, in first, I think it's First Chronicles one, First Chronicles twenty-one. You'll find another story where David counted the people, and God held him accountable. And when he, when the Nathan, when the, the was it Gad the seer came and told Nathan or told David what was what God said, he gave him three choices. You can have uh, the enemy come at you for three days, and he will destroy you. He named three things. And you know what the last one was? I, he said, I myself will bring the plague against you. And David said, I'll take God. I'll take God's punishment. Why? Because he knew the God he served had mercy. And he knew he could get on his knees just like you're going to hear here. And he cried out to God for mercy. He cried out for the one that could restore him. See, David didn't make excuses. If you turn to the 32nd chapter of Psalms, two Psalms that I want to read into, that I want you to hear about that David wrote in the 32nd Psalm. He, read, he said this, verse 1, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there's no guile. Listen to verse 3. When I kept silent, this is David, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer. I mean, here's what I'm saying. See, even before or sometime in there when this child is growing inside of Bathsheba, David began to feel the grief. He couldn't find no rest. Connie, you talked about the rest. There was no place of rest. He couldn't find it. He knew God loved him. He knew God had put him there. He knew he was nothing without God. But God wouldn't leave him there. God brought the truth to his ears. And the best thing was he confessed. He acknowledged it. He confessed. Listen to the next verse. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. Mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. God is a God that wants to forgive us. 
How many don't understand that? Let me tell you something. Quit trying to hold on to it. Let it go. God and God alone can forgive sin. He is the answer. There is no other. There's only one that you can go to. But if you harbor it, listen to me, you're allowing the enemy space in you to keep you down and to keep God out. Let sin in your life. God won't hear you. God says you're going to deal with this. I don't care what you think about it. I don't care who you want to blame. Listen to me. You have to come to God and be honest with God. After that, I don't know what else you might have to do. Did you know David did all of those things? He had... He came and he admitted he was guilty, but he still needed to repent. But God said all those things are going to happen, and those things happened in his kids. He lost four sons, Amnon, Absalom, the little baby that was going to be born, the first one, and Adonijah, or Adonijah, whatever his name was, the fourth one. Four of them died. He had trouble in his home. Did he turn around and blame God? No, God already told him it was going to happen. Did he have a bitterness toward God? No, he should have died for what he did. You know it and I know it. Many of us, if God would hold us accountable, today we're in trouble. I mean, here's what I'm saying. So you need to get that off of you. You need to bring it and confess God, nobody here knows, but you know. Am I waiting on God to send some prophet to tell me you have sinned? You did this. God is trying to reach us. He's showing mercy and grace today. Today's the day of grace. I was singing that song, Amber. I was going to get you to sing it. From the depths of my heart, I'm crying unto you, Lord. Heather used to sing from the depths of my heart, I'm crying unto you, Lord. Only God can forgive sin. Only God can bring you back to the heart that you would need to have to walk for him, to love people, that God can bloom inside of you and raise up somebody that's going to walk with him and serve him. Then it says in verse 6 of 32, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. What's David saying? That scripture is pointing to every one of us. Listen to me. It says, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee. What's he saying? Come to God and say, Lord, I have sinned against you. I've broken your law. I've transgressed against you. The only way we're going to get forgiveness is to ask. The only way we're going to get forgiveness is to come to him. He said, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Then he goes on to say, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. The old saying, honesty is the best policy. Be honest with yourself. God already knows. 
you keep blaming everybody. We got children in divorced families blaming their parents for everything they do. I had a little girl one time come to our house with my daughter. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about her. I'm just saying this little girl came into our house. And when I walked in, the girl was close to 16 years old. And she looked at me. And the first words out of her mouth is, my dad was an alcoholic. And she had all kinds of garb on. And I looked at her and I said, is that your excuse? Never met her in my life. But she was walking around with a chip on her shoulder. She was walking around with an excuse to act like she was acting. Can I tell you, moms and dads, we need to tell our kids the truth. We need to hold our children accountable to what they're doing. Don't pat them on the back and tell them it's okay. Begin to tell them the truth. They don't like it. I didn't like it when my mom and dad told me. I thought, what do they know? They're old folks. They don't even know how to, they don't know how to even push a, they don't know how to do a, a phone hardly. Ours was a big dial phone and it had a four-way or two-way uh, party line. We had to pick up the phone and see if somebody else was on it. And I thought, mom and dad's in the old world. They have no idea what life's about. Yes, we do, because God's taught us something. In the 51st Psalm, and I'm almost done. 51st Psalm, listen to verse 3. This is the repenting Psalm of David. This is believed by all that this was the Psalm that David quoted when he was repenting to God for what he had done. But I want you to tell you something. Go there and read it today. Read the whole chapter and find what you're seeing David do because David is the man after God's own heart. And I'm going to show you something here at the end of this. But I want you to understand, if he's a man after God's own heart, so you need to be also. Don't tell me it's unreachable. Don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me my problem's not bad. Not as bad as David's. God's given us an example and showing us. But it says in verse 3 of 51, Psalm 51, For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. That's a man with a heart crying out to God. I acknowledge my sin and my sin is ever before me. He says, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in, this, in thy sight. And thou, that thou mightest be justified when thou speaks and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and, my, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. How many knows David believed God could do it? You hear what he's saying when he's writing this? He said, purge me and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. How many knows when you come to God, come believing that he can change you. He can change this heart and make you a heart of a forgiving person and a loving person and a person with a new heart.
He says, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. You know there's a great joy in forgiveness. Did you ever feel forgiven? I'm telling you, you feel like a little kid. You want to take off running over the hill and rolling around the grass. You know why? Because inside you ain't bound down no more. Compare that to the 32nd chapter when he talked about how grieved he was in his heart. How he was dried up inside. Listen to what I'm telling you. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Knowledge, acknowledging, listen to this, acknowledging and confessing is to say about your sin the same thing God would say. Uh-oh. If God looked upon you and God sent a Nathan to tell you what's going on in your life, that's what you need to confess to God. Don't play around with it. Don't toy with it. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just say to yourself, this is what I would say to God because this is what God would say to me. God would say to me. He wouldn't give me excuses. He'd tell me, David, King David, why did you break 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10? Is there something you missed in there? Because you was a man after my own heart. Praise God. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I serve a God that can clean me up and purify me, make me whiter than snow. I'm glad I got saved when I was a young person. But can I tell you, there's been many, many times I've had to fall on my face and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I am not, I'm nowhere near ready, Lord. Give me space to repent. Hundred and thirty-nine Psalm. Now I want to read this for one reason. I just want to read two verses in it. The last two. It says, Search me, O God. This is King David writing again. And I want you to listen because here's something he wrote later on down in his days. After he went through all this. He said, Search me, O God, and know my truth. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way into me. Uh-oh. And lead me in the way of everlasting. How many knows what David's doing? He's checking himself. He's making a check of his own heart. Do you know what, Christian? We need to check our heart. You need to make a check of your heart. Is there something I'm mad about? Is there something that I'm angry about? Is there something that the devil's got on me? He's got some kind of hold on me, some kind of chain around me that I can't serve God, that I can't get forgiveness for because I won't confess, I won't acknowledge that I was guilty. Listen to me. If you can't face it, I ain't, I ain't the person to help you. It's between you and God. We have to learn to say, Lord, I acknowledge my sin. I confess my sin. In 1 Kings 11, 4, there's one verse, and I'm going to read it for this reason. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wife turned away his heart. Now, number one, I want you to hear that. Solomon, he's past David. 
40 years David's been dead. Listen to me. 40 years David's already been dead. His son Solomon's the king now. But listen to what God said to Solomon. He said, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. How many knows who said that? That was God said that about David. You mean after David had committed the sins? David, God still said about him, you don't have a heart like David had a heart for me. Uh-oh. How many knows he's telling Solomon truth? Solomon had taken and built idols in Israel for his wives. And they turned his heart away from God's law, God's word, and they're destroyed. Israel and it got worse as it went forward because Solomon gave in did Solomon do good things yeah he did a few good things built a great temple God was pleased with it but how many knows God was warning him about his heart and he was using David as the example to say you need to be like your father that had a heart what was David's key to his heart? No matter what he did, he recognized God's God. I, when I'm victory, when I fight the giant, it ain't me. When I write psalms, it ain't me. It's who I, it's who I serve. And when I'm guilty of sin, I confess to him and he cleans me up. How many knows David had a heart for God because he went right through those sins and he come out on the other side saying victory in Jesus. But see, Solomon was bound up with the chains of all those wives and pleasing all of them. We're bound up with all the things on our plate today. You got to please your boss. If your boss is sitting here, I'm sorry. You gotta please your boss. You gotta please somebody. And to the place where you you just bend and you just turn. You don't really believe that way, but you go ahead and go along with it. We send our kids to school, we don't believe what they're teaching. But we just go along with it. We don't want to make no waves. We don't want our little child to get a, a B minus. They gotta get all A pluses. So just go ahead and write. That you believe in evolution, just go ahead and write. You believe in all of the uh, global warming and all the gender junk. You know what? We just turn our little brain to whatever the enemy throws out at us. And he's got the carrot out there today just keeps on leading people around. And we're falling for it. Parents, you're a lot of young parents here. I want you to understand something. you got a battle on your hands. My kids wasn't raised in that, but I know this, they're facing it today with their children. And you'll have to make a stand and trust God. Lord, I'll follow my heart. I ain't going to try to make some big uh, parade about it around the school, but if they call me in, look out. If they ask me a question, look out. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to tell them about the one that created it all. And that's what you need to be. I'm not trying to stir you. I'll visit you in jail. <laughs> but if it takes that, take the stand for Jesus. 
You'll live your rest of your life, and God will record it. You didn't give just a cup of water. You gave your word, the word of God that was in your heart. Praise God. See, God still refers to David as a man with a perfect heart, with a heart for God. Hallelujah. And he, he had sinned. He'd done a horrible thing. And I said it before, some people wouldn't invite him into church if they knew he was guilty of stealing some man's wife and having her husband killed. They wouldn't invite him into church. But that's how great God's grace is. That's the God that we serve. Come on back up, man. Not going to read all the scriptures, but in Romans 3, 9 through 18, it talks about there is none righteous, no, not one. That means all of us need to be confessing to God. We need to acknowledge it, and we need to confess it. Are you telling me you're not, you don't have no sin? Are you telling me you're perfect? See, I know we need to acknowledge. Lord, I come short. Lord, I failed you. Lord, I've done this, I've done that. God, help me, Lord. I want to be in that place where, you can, where I can cry out to you and you'll clean me up and fix me and open my eyes and open the door of my heart. See, where's a great blindness coming over the world today? 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Listen to the next verse. They speak lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Did you know there's no conviction anymore? People's not convicted, they're excusers. Excuse me, I'm not guilty. Excuse me, don't throw them darts at me. Excuse me. I mean, I worked in the church. You know how many people have worked in the church and have quit because they say, I did my part. Let me tell you something. Your part ain't done. Neither is my part done. Get back in the firing line or the enemy's going to rock you to sleep somewhere or rock you back into this world. We're children of God. Stay in the gospel. Stay in the word of God. Let the word of God continually we come here on Thursday night. Can I tell you something? I'm still learning God's word. And I'm still growing. Don't we, Ben? I thrill when I come here and I hear God's word talked about. And I thrill when I come to Sunday school and I hear somebody that spent all week looking at those scriptures and bringing out truth. Because, see, I'm going to need that truth right down the road. This little brain don't keep it all. And the older I get, the worse I get. But can I tell you something? God's working on me. God's still churning inside of me. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. we got to get our heart back right with God. Is this a hard message? I hate to have a hard message right into a mist. And my wife prayed for me this morning. 
And, and I can remember, Shirley, your prayer. I was standing there in the kitchen. She began to pray for me, and she said, Give him wisdom today to let you have your way in the service. And I'm stepping back thinking, okay, God, you're taking over. Something else going on besides what I had to say. Because God's doing beautiful things. And I ain't saying anything. It's, it's beautiful. But can I tell you something? God's trying to bring us close to him. He wants us to walk with our heart toward God. He didn't just say that about David to say only David can have that heart. He said that so you and I will know we can have that walk with God too. We can have a heart for God. Great lack of conviction in our world today. Great loss is going on in America. We know we're not the nation we used to be. We know that our parents and our grandparents are not falling on their face and praying and fasting and seeking God for our country. We keep excusing. We keep fitting in. We keep following what the world's doing. I know you don't want to hear that. You can say to me, I'm, you're just old. You done lived your life and you don't care. No, I don't, I don't really care about the computer because every time I get on, I get confused anyway. And I have a hard enough time comprehending when I read my Bible. I never was a good reader. But I ain't making no excuses. God began to show me how to learn his word because I had a desire to say, God, I want to be used to you. Jesus, use me. Please don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. See, I can watch others with such great blessings on their life, but they take it casually. They take it like it don't mean nothing. You've seen that in sports. You see some guys that they, they are striving to be the best. Then there's others that just, it comes natural to them. They don't pay no attention to it. In fact, most of them get in trouble before they ever make it through because they're not content just something else they do in life. Don't look for the new thing to do. Don't look for something new to fill your life. Look for Him. You haven't begun to live till you find Jesus. Praise God. Everybody stand if you will. If you need to pray, come forward. Come not to me. Come to Him. Search your heart. Oh, search me, oh Lord. Search me. That's what King David said. See, David knew well enough to know I don't go out on the porch and hang around looking for stuff. I get on my face and I say, search me, oh God. See if there's any wicked way in me. Praise God. You come. If you've never been saved, you come. We'll show you in Scripture what you need to say, but it has to come from your heart. It's got to be coming from you surrendering to God. Praise God while they sing.
When I was a kid, I stood in church at 13 years old. Not quite 14, right close to it. I was tall for my age. But some of you are standing here today. You might be young, or you might say these people all grew up in this. They know everything to do. They know everything to say. But God's not talking to me. Surely not me. See, I stood in church with my parents next to me, friends next to me that I grew up in church with. But all of a sudden, I got under conviction. All of a sudden, I knew I was not saved. And I needed Jesus in my life. I needed to know what is in them that I don't have. I got to find it. At first, I began to run from it. I would hide down around the curve in our, on our street until Dad would go back to church on the Sunday night. Then I'd stroll in like, oh, man, I missed him. My mom got wise to me. She looked right at me coming in the door and said, I know what you're doing. I just start showing up too many times the same way. I'm glad my mom knew what I was doing. See, that brought me back into the light. I was trying to hide, but I knew I was lost. You're going to come the same way Jesus had every one of us to go. We come to him. Every one of us that has ever been saved, we had to come to him and say, God, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner, and I deserve to be punished for my sin. But you, Jesus, paid my price at Calvary. And I believe you did that 2,000 years ago, and you will save me. You will re remember my sins no more. You will heal my inside heart. Give me a new I want the salvation to be clear. I want everybody in here to know when you walk out the door, you're not turning from us, you're turning from him. He's calling your name today. If you you have no excuses, I have no excuses. None of us do. Whatever the enemy has done in your life, he's trying to destroy. Look at the children that's being destroyed. Look at the deaths every night on the news. How many families have lost young people dying every day on the streets, beaten and defeated? You say, not me, not mine. Enemies after all of us. He's after all of us. Search me, oh God. Search me. See if there's any wicked way in me, Lord. Help me to be straight honest like David was. Even when he sinned, Duran, he was broken. But he knew the God that he served would forgive him. Praise God. The God that we serve, the Savior that came and paid our price. He will forgive us if we'll come to him. But you have to acknowledge that you're a sinner. And you have to confess him. Lord, I confess, I don't know you. I'm away from you. I'm backed away from you, Lord. And I need to be drawn to you. I'm not trying to hold you. I believe God's talking to somebody. 
I don't want to shut this off. Because, see, I don't want nobody to walk out of here. It might be the last chance you get to stand in the presence of God and Him speaking to you. While Matthew sings one, we.